With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, I hope you had a great weekend. I know I sure did. Spent the last four days and nights uh, in our neighbor to the north in Canada. All I have to say is I spent one weekend of my life in Canada, and the two countries agreed to terms on NAFTA. You're welcome, America. You are welcome. Listen, I was drinking beer and wine and hanging out with friends and celebrating some a 40th birthday, but I also was was helping uh, was helping smooth relations so that our president and his henchmen and ladies could get that agreement done. You are welcome. I also, like you, got a chance to watch some 
awesome football this weekend. My wife, hey, can we go on this trip? Yes. Can I watch football all day Saturday and Sunday and pretend like I'm involved in the trip? Sure. That's what I did. We got a ton of time to get to Ohio State's comeback against Penn State. Some really bizarre play calling in college football. A man who's being hailed a hero in Indy in the NFL should not be hailed a hero because though you want to be tough, you also want to be smart along with being tough. The Bengals appear to be legitimate. The Bears defense is nasty and naggy is doing an amazing job with Trubisky. The Raiders get their first win under Gruden. We got a chance to see the full Baker Mayfield. The Cowboys get a much-needed win against the Lions, who I don't mind alternative jerseys, but when you're not wearing Honolulu blue, I got some questions for you. The Packers get a win over the Bills because the Bills are exactly who we thought they were. The Titans show exactly what I've said about the Eagles all offseason long. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. We'll get to that Texans-Colts game. Oh, yeah, Patriots seem to have figured things out. The Jets still stink, and the Jaguars are better, and we got a lot of other stuff to get to. But Earl Thomas is being hailed as some sort of hero today, some sort of rebel. It's because, and we do this all the time, I'm convinced that my generation, guys that, and this comes from, uh, from Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, millennials, we all have an issue with authority, right? Whether it's the president or Congress or a coach or a principal or any sort of administrator, anyone in charge, we don't like, unless they do what Adam Silver has done, which is let us walk all over them. And so when Earl Thomas breaks his leg, ending his season, somehow this tragic moment that could derail the Seahawks, who are a surprising two and two, like lost in this is the Seahawks have only played one home game. And though their home field is not the advantage that some believe it is, they're four and four there last year, they've only played one home game so far and they're two and two at the quarter pole. And the Niners lost their quarterback, although C.J. Beathard looked good yesterday. The, the, the Cardinals just stink. And the Rams are they're the best team in the league. But they got a chance to make the playoffs. So instead of discussing, hey, Seattle's 2-2 two and two after one home game, we're discussing Earl Thomas, good for him. Huh? That's why he wanted a long-term contract. Because we operate in this We operate in this completely parallel universe where Earl Thomas is not getting paid from this point forward. Let me set you straight here, America. Earl Thomas is getting every penny that he's owed this year because he got hurt while playing for the Seahawks. Earl Thomas, who didn't go to training camp, who skipped out in a couple practices a week and did what you're not supposed to do in the NFL, which is you can't play to not get hurt because what happens? You usually get hurt. Unfortunately, a really good player broke his leg on kind of an innocuous tackle in the end zone on a poorly thrown ball from Josh Rosen that scored a touchdown for the Cardinals. Earl Thomas is no longer a top five safety in the league, but he's being paid like a top five safety. 
and somehow he's a hero. He went into another team's locker room after a game last year and openly opined for them to come get him. Did the same thing last week when he played the same team. He wants a new contract, even though we were told for a long time that NFL teams don't live up to their contracts. The Seahawks are paying him every penny that he's owed. Signed a four-year, $40 million deal. is partially front-loaded with the signing bonus. He's getting all $40 million. And somehow the Seahawks are bad guys because he gave him the finger. How have we gotten to this point to where I, I don't mind fans being pro player because you don't know anything about the business of sports. It's not your fault. But the massive, colossal, ridiculous egos of the Seahawks have ruined the greatest defense of the last 20 years in the NFL. Right? What's the one thing you don't, you always say this when you're searching for a woman, like I want a woman who's a 10 who thinks she's a seven, not a seven who thinks she's a 10. The Seahawks had a bunch of eights and nines and collectively they were 11, but then they all wanted to be paid like tens and 11s. And some of them did get paid. And they got super jealous of their quarterback, who also got paid. And it tore apart a team. And whenever they've been left to patch back together, the Seahawks somehow are bad guys because they committed to paying Earl Thomas all that he was worth. Do you know who lost out yesterday? Earl Thomas didn't lose a penny. Earl Thomas is a free agent at the end of this year. If he truly has value... At 30 years old, whatever that is, the market will determine it. You're worth what somebody's willing to pay you. The only entity that lost out was the Seahawks. Because they can't get anything for trading Earl Thomas now. And they don't want to franchise tag him for next year. They lost the depreciating asset who they were ready to move on from. And they still have to pay. The problem with fans, and part some of it is media members, is players have offered up this disingenuous, we don't have guaranteed contracts. No, they're guaranteed. They're not guaranteed to the level of baseball players, to the level of basketball players. And that's because usually when you hit 30, you're washed with the exception of quarterback and a couple other positions. One injury can, in fact, happen in a split second, and that can end your year and sometimes end your career. But Earl Thomas's deal is guaranteed. He's getting every penny. But you show your inner insecurity, your inner lack of desire to be led, your problem with authority because maybe your parents were mean to you or a teacher was mean to you or a president, a principal was mean to you or you had a mean boss. But the Seahawks are trying to navigate the waters of a team with a high toxicity level And you know what? In spite of the fact they don't have a great offensive line, in spite of the fact that their best wide receiver has been hurt most of the preseason and most of the season, in spite of the fact that they have utter and complete dysfunction between these older players that want to be overpaid and younger players who are just trying to make it so that they can be overpaid, the idea that Earl Thomas is some sort of hero, no no one has said, 
Le'Veon Bell, Khalil Mack, Earl Thomas, no one has said, ever said, these guys aren't good football players. All of them were set to make huge money. Khalil, Ta- Khalil Mack stays in Oakland. He makes $13 million. Le'Veon Bell plays this year. All year he makes $14.5 million. And Earl Thomas makes $10 million. The statement which has been made is, hey, look, dude, we paid you during the prime of your career. We're going to choose to not be locked in to overpaying you during the down part of your career. We're not going to do what stupid baseball teams like the Angels do, which is pay you for five years well past your prime and ruin a franchise. Because we have a salary cap, and it's a pretty hard cap. And we got a bunch of 50, 52 other dudes to pay. And we got to spread it around. So either you've been misinformed, you got troubles with authority, or maybe you just miss the, the Legion of Boom. I do. I'm not even a Seahawks fan. That defense was awesome. But what 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 makes you sometimes breaks you. And the I'm going to show you the cock of the walk persona the Seahawks had for over a half dozen years has caused this incredibly dysfunctional unit. What you saw yesterday when one of the best safeties in the NFL over the last decade gives the finger to the only franchise he's played for, one that's overpaying him this year and that will pay him every cent of his contract by the end of the year. He gives him the finger. It shows Legion of Boom is dead and that we got major problems with people not understanding how business actually works in the National Football League. LeBron James was bitter at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember that? Didn't like Dan Gilbert. Wanted them to do something. Do you know what limited them? The fact that they were massively in the luxury tax. And they were repeat offenders. LeBron got everybody paid. And that's why they couldn't move Tristan or Kevin Love or J.R. Smith or any of those other depreciating assets. No one wanted those dudes. Not because they were bad basketball players, but because they were overpaid for far too long. The Cavs all got paid. How did that work out for? So we got more to get to on it. No one's saying Earl Thomas wasn't a good player. But you got to understand the marketplace, your value. And at some point in time, at some point in time, you realize you don't determine when you get a contract extension. All right, coming up next, I'll ask uh, Chris Sims, former NFL player, uh, NFL quarterback, what he thinks about Earl Thomas giving the finger to the only franchise he played for. Plus, what a crazy weekend in college football. And it appears that Notre Dame may have found their quarterback and might be for real with a schedule that is very, very manageable. That's upcoming next. But first, there are things that are not smart. Giving your finger to your boss when you get injured in a contract year not always smart, right? Um, some of my friends, we we're in Canada, and they bought lottery tickets as their as their retirement plan. Not smart. You know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug to find the right person to hire. 
ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked number one by employers in the U.S., and this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Write it down, type it in, take a memo on your phone, I don't care, but enter it in when you get home. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive. It's simple. Plug in Snapshot, drive, and earn discounts for safe driving. Save more at Progressive.com or call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Got a chance to watch some of the Lakers take on the Nuggets last night preseason. I don't know what's more strange, watching LeBron James wear a Laker jersey or forgetting that the Lakers changed to the um, all-purple Lakers and numerals as opposed to the white that they've had for the last, I don't know, more than decade. Either one looks really, really weird. Just does. Looks really, really weird. Um, college football was on fire on Saturday. We had some some incredibly exciting games, and then we had some beatdowns. And one of those beatdowns was in South Bend, Indiana, where it feels like now that they found a quarterback, now that Brian Kelly has found a quarterback, that Notre Dame is suddenly a player for that, what you would consider a fourth spot, or maybe a third spot if Georgia stubs their toe. They got Florida. They have... Uh, you know, they still have Florida. They still have LSU on the road coming up in a week. And they still have the SEC championship game. It it feels like Notre Dame is for real. You know who would know? Chris Sims would know. He works for he works for NBC Sports. He's going to join us in a moment. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price and True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next vehicle. So visit True Car. You'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. All right, Chris is going to join us in a second. I did. I, I I continue to be impressed by the Ravens and Flacco. Um, you know, it's weird. We entered the season with some people thinking that Lamar Jackson would be the starter by midseason. The more I watch, the more I realize that I don't think Lamar Jackson is the athlete we thought he was. I just don't. I thought he would. They've made him into kind of a wildcat guy, come in, change the pace, third down, Second down, you know, try and you know guarantee a couple yards. I'm sure they're going to allow him to throw a little bit more as the season goes on, as people kind of creep up into the box, play 11-on-11 football. But, man, I, I would have thought he was running away from guys more than he has in the NFL. Lesson, lesson learned. The old adage in the NFL, you don't get faster, everybody else does. Let's welcome in Chris Sims from NBC Sports. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, other than quarterback... Has anything else changed for Notre Dame since they beat Michigan? Uh, well, I, no, the quarterback is the big issue. I mean, certainly. And Brandon Wimbush, uh, hey, listen, there's a lot of things to talk positively about him and what he did and uh, as a quarterback. He's such a talented runner. But, no, they were, they were hamstrung by lack of a, 
you know, legit passing offense against teams that, okay, like we saw last year when they had to play Miami or Stanford, when teams stopped their run game, there was nothing else to rely on. And this Ian Book kid is an extremely gifted thrower. I mean, he's the best thrower of the football on the field almost every week in pregame. I don't care who they've played. I mean, he's now he's smaller, he's six foot, yep. but he's a very good athlete. And I think people are sleeping on Notre Dame's overall talent level, too. I, I, that's the one thing I'll say, Doug. This is not just like a bunch of scholar athletes who don't mess up. Right. I think there's a little more team speed and size and physicality in the team than maybe the nation's giving them credit for. Yeah, they had, I'm going to say it's like three or four years years ago when they were they were super super talented and they had just they had a couple suspension they had f- five guys suspended for the year and then they had a litany of injuries right and and since then this is their most talented overall crew the the difference was you know like look Winbush was even exposed against Michigan they had no offense against Michigan in the second yeah. half and they right. only they only scored that big touchdown on a 50-50 ball with some help from some penalties early on otherwise Michigan wins that game and Shea Patterson's cr- uh, uh, creep, uh, cramping up but then you look at their schedule, they're getting better, and their schedule is getting, seems to be getting easier. Uh, what's the likelihood you think they run the table? Well, I, I think it's a, there's a good chance. I mean, there's certainly, I think if you just go on paper and evaluate it game by game, I, I do look at it just like I think you are and go, no, I think they're going to be the most talented football team on every field for every matchup as we go on here. Now, playing in Virginia Tech, uh, this weekend, we know what that atmosphere can be like. I mean, that's going to be crazy. And, you know, that Virginia Tech defense and a defensive coordinator like Bud Foster, uh, I'm sure they're going to have a few wrinkles for this Notre Dame offense that they're not ready for. And let's just not forget their kids, and it's a crazy environment, and, cra- you know, crazy stuff happens at times. But, yes, I think that Notre Dame is clearly in that next tier of teams for me, right, where I think we would all agree, and I know Clemson didn't look their best and Ohio State didn't look their best, but I do think Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State are a notch above the rest of college football, and then that next tier of teams is Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and who slips up to where those teams can then join into the Final Four fun? All right, uh, let's discuss Clemson because last week was a wild week. Kelly Bryant announced he's going to transfer because he gets beat out by Trevor Lawrence, and then, of course, Trevor Lawrence goes down with an injury. You're like, hey, where's Kelly Bryant? Uh, when when you first heard that Kelly Bryant was going to transfer, and because of this new rule, he could redshirt the rest of the season and transfer at the end of the year, what was your immediate reaction then? Um, my, my immediate reaction was, wow, they're – uh, they're risking the whole season on a young quarterback who's unproven, and I know he's got a lot of potential, and I've certainly seen some of that, but they're they're a national championship caliber football team, and to make that move, I didn't think Kelly Bryant would just, you know, flat out say, that's it, I'm going to transfer and I'm out of here. I thought that would be one of those things that happened after the season or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's risky, and as we saw, now you got to play a different style of football, and they have to rely on their big guys up front which they did. That's how talented Clemson is. Let's not forget, you know, Syracuse got two touchdowns on two very short fields off of Clemson turnovers. I mean, Clemson up front can physically dominate you like they did to Syracuse in the second half of that football game. But, yes, I mean, the quarterback thing is going to be iffy, especially when they start to play teams that are a little bit more talented or have some different defensive schemes that can take away some of the go-to things Clemson does on the offensive side of the ball. Chris Sims joining us from NBC Sports, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Help me out with what Penn State's doing. Fourth and one, 
huge, huge spot, and it just seemed like not a lot of creativity with the play calling. Did, did you have an issue with the play calling from Penn State late? Well, I definitely did. I mean, especially on that play. Yeah, I, I mean, that, to me, you know, wow. I, the, I think the most amazing thing to me is the fact that you had two timeouts to sit there and think about it, and I would just think as a head coach, at some point the thought would go through your head, man, if we run the ball on fourth and five against Ohio State, who has four pro defense alignment on there, and we don't get it, people are going to call me an idiot. I, I would think that would be enough to change a coach's mind right there, especially with you know the way McSorley ran on some of the quarterback draws and quarterback design runs. Those were the most effective run plays of the night. He was the star of the game as far as rushing is concerned. But, yeah, I have a hard time uh, with that type of play. And they have enough good pass catchers, too, and McSorley's a good enough thrower that I know they have a few plays in the bank that they could have gone to other than you know some creative inside run against four super freaks on the Ohio State defense. Yeah, I mean, you got Juwan Johnson, who's 6'4", 230, you know, <laughs> throw it to him. Exactly and right. then if, and if McSorley doesn't see it, then he can run it. But calling a design kind of zone read, you know, interior yeah. run, did, did seem, seem, like a, seem like a bad call uh, from the second that the play began. Maybe they screwed something up. Maybe, maybe they, di- they did not. Chris Sims joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Michigan plays poorly out of the shoot, gets way down, and then completely eliminates Northwestern's offense. But it's those slow starts which you feel like at some point is going to come back and bite you. Is Michigan in the caliber of Ohio State, in your opinion? I don't think so. No, I don't. I think the big thing that people are missing, you know, Northwestern's not very good. They're just really well coached right now. And the the big thing and the, the amazement with me of Michigan just even being on the field with them in week one and my studies leading up to that game is they really don't have a legit like star offensive player. And, and I mean, I'm going to talk like, you know, maybe some of those guys go to the NFL, but none of them are going to be stars. Like it's pretty amazing to me that they don't have an explosive type NFL wide receiver running back on that roster after four years of Jim Harbaugh recruiting people, you know, they got a lot of solid at all those positions, but the offensive scheme uh, lacks creativity. I don't think I'm blowing anybody's mind away with that. But I think the other thing is they don't have players against the elite competition that can go above and beyond. Like, yeah, oh, okay, you know what I mean? There's yeah. a seven-yard run there. Okay, that's great. You got seven yards. But really good teams have a player that every now when the seven-yard runs there, they can make three people miss and go 70 yards and take the pressure off the team. And that's where Michigan really struggles. Yeah, I mean, look, in fairness, the, the Trick Black kid got hurt again, hurt his foot. I know. A 6'3 wide huge. receiver. Yeah. And and uh, I I do think, but you shouldn't have. I agree with you. You look around the country at even some of the, the you know the the lo, the lesser you know Big Twelve schools, Big Ten schools, Pac twelve schools outside the numbers at wide receivers. You you got dudes, and Michigan yeah. seems to have considering how well they've been considered to have recruited. They do have a a paucity of dudes. Chris Sims joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Let me quickly turn back to the NFL. Cool. Um. Gruden, Gruden yesterday get, gets his first win, and there have been plenty of people that have, that have been critical of Gruden for trading away Cleo Mack. My point was simply that, look, listen to what, what he has had to say and that you can't afford to keep a, you know two guys that, that, that soak up 20% of your salary cap. Right. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the Raiders weren't good last year with Khalil Mack. You know, it's not like he, 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 he took over a Super Bowl team and then he traded away their best defensive player. 
I, I kind of think it's a smart long-term play, and you look at how Derek Carr has improved steadily during his time under Gruden. I'm a, I'm kind of a buyer into Gruden, even though I don't love all the things he did in the offseason. You've played for him. What are your thoughts on Gruden? Well, I, I do think he's got a plan going forward. You know, And I think the other part of the situation we're missing with the Khalil Mack issue, too, is I think the Raiders have money issues, and I'm not so sure they could actually pay the liquid cash and the the upfront money that Khalil Mack was going to demand. So I think that's another issue that plays into it as well. Hey, it certainly hurts that they have Khalil Mack. And I know, yeah, I mean, yes, they weren't great last year with Khalil Mack on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, but the year before they weren't great either, and he made a number of plays to close out games and, you know, was the NFL defense at MVP because of that, whether it was sack fumbles or interceptions against Carolina Panthers that he returns for the touchdown in critical moments, all those type of things. That's what great players do. I do think they've been missing that, you know, alpha stud at the end of some of these close football games. It was great to see him get a win yesterday. Derek Carr is doing some very good things. He's had a few bonehead moments. Yep. But let's. I mean, they, I mean, got they should be Miami. I don't they know what he bailed out yesterday. I don't know what he's doing. What he's doing in my, what he's doing in Miami. I know you're not surprised over New England, but it looks so bad the week, the week before. Right now, now they get Edelman back. They they appear to have figured out how to use Josh Gordon a little bit. They'll use yep. him more, and all that, of course, is going to you know as he gets hopefully gets healthy. They got Gronk. Um, they they seem to have drafted a pretty good running back as as we all yes, thought. Sir. So. I mean, should we should we not should is is New England still one of the elite teams in the AFC? I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think like talent wise they're on the like elite talent uh, list for Chris Sims. But I think when you combine the course, of course, the coaching staff and the Brady clutch factor and their their experience in playing tight football games, I, I do think you have to put them in the conversation as one of the elite teams in the AFC when you just take everything to account. You know, then also, hey, you got the Colts this week. Okay, yeah, I, I expect them to win that game. Kansas City Chiefs, hey, that's going to be scary uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know they're awesome, but, man, you know, New England knows how to crack the code on some bad defenses, too, and that Kansas City Chiefs defense is nothing special either. So I'm certainly not counting them out. I am, after yesterday... This is the thing of yesterday. Everyone's going to look at the score and go, well, they won 38-7. Their offense is back on track. No, I'm not totally going to say that yet. It certainly will improve with Julian Edelman being back in. The story of yesterday was their defense. Yep. That game was 3 nothing with, what, 12 minutes left in the second quarter? And then Miami's defense finally just got worn down. There's only so many times you're going to stop Brady, Belichick, Josh McDaniels before they crack the code a little bit and put up a few plays. Miami's offense was just horrible yesterday, and I do think that that's what the impressive, the impressive thing to me was New England's defensive line dominated the line of scrimmage, and their coaching, they were, I watched the film already, they were all over some of the pass concepts of the Miami Dolphins. Like they knew the play call, or they had huge tendencies in certain formations, and that's where New England gets dangerous. This time of the year, when there's four games to watch on film, I used to break down film for the, uh, the New England Patriots. When they start to accumulate game after game after game, and they can study you more and more in depth, man, Bill is not the greatest coach just because he's lucky. He is extremely intelligent, and he knows how to break down what teams are trying to do schematically on a weekly basis. You mentioned Kansas City. Will the league catch up to Kansas City? 
not to like not not to like we're not going to see them fall off the earth like we've seen the last few years. Like, do I expect this pace to keep up? No, but I think the big thing is is hey, this is not I'm not blowing anybody's brain here either. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. He's not going anywhere. Like his his hundred and ten mile per hour fastball is not going to slow down. He is a special special quarterback, and then they have other special people around him with a really creative system. So no, they're going to be a handful all year. What's going to have to happen to beat them is teams are going to have to get in front of them for once. Their defense is not good. We just it hasn't had to perform yet because Kansas City jumps out on everybody 31 nothing, 21 nothing, whatever it may be. Uh, but no, I don't think this offensive talent and, and system and numbers are are going anywhere to a degree. I just don't think it'll keep up quite the pace we saw the first few weeks. Chris Sims, great stuff, my man. Uh, we got to catch up off air. I got to hear more about your family. I appreciate you joining us and uh, continue to enjoy your work on NBC. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it, man. Be that, good. That's my man Chris Sims joining us. Uh, by the way, OU Texas this week. I should have. I should have. I could have gone. Uh, talk about OU Texas. Remember when? Uh, who was it? Uh, Williams. God. Ah. Oh. What's his name? Uh, why am I? I'm complete. You know who knows? Isaac Lowenkron knows. He joins us now. Isaac. Um, oh man, Williams, defensive back, Oklahoma, jumping over the Texas offensive line. And sacking Chris Sims. Uh, oh, boy. It's on the tip of my tongue. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Am I allowed to Google? No. Ah. It would be no. better if I could hide the, no. the sound of no, you Roy cannot. Williams. Roy Williams. Right. right. Roy Williams. There were two Roy Williams. Roy Williams, Texas wide receiver, I thought massively overrated, not shifting the hips at all. Then there were Roy Williams, an incredible college football player. At Oklahoma. All right, go ahead. And then, of course, the North Carolina basketball Roy Williams, previously at Kansas. Popular name in sports. A popular site right now, Wrigley Field, for the National League Central Playoff tiebreaker. But the Brewers right now leading the Cubs 3-1 to in the top half of the eighth inning. Doug, the go-ahead runs coming in this inning on an RBI single by Milwaukee's Lorenzo Cain and then a two-out RBI single moments ago by Ryan Braun. It's the Brewers 3, the Cubs 1, two-out top of the eighth inning. Braun at second base right now, so it's second and third for Milwaukee. Go ahead. Uh, it's oh, I'm, I'm sorry. He was, he was thrown out trying to steal. Thrown out trying to steal. So he is... Out. out of there, yes. and you have Lorenzo Kane at third with two outs. Again, yes. 3-1, Brewers lead the Cubs in the top of the eighth inning. They, they tried to hold first to third steal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what a what a throw and tag by the Chicago Cubs. I, I do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, it's like one of those things, you're, it's, I still hold the thing against Brian Braun. Do you, have you gotten over that? Yeah, especially how he threw everybody else under the bus, like the tester and like ruined the guy's career. So yeah, well, Typically a forgiven guy, but I have a pretty long memory. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Frank Reich was the one who actually called for that steal attempt by the Brewers. <laughs> Coming up at the top of the arrow, the NL Western Division playoff game, the Dodgers hosting the Colorado Rockies. In the NFL, Buccaneers head coach Dirk Cutter announced that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for the Bucks next game in Week 6 at Atlanta. This week they have a bye. Some things take care of themselves organically. I thought they should start Jameis, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Magic ran out, plus they played... Uh, in Chicago, where he was under duress the entire game. It took care of itself organically, where Fitzmagic is officially over. Yes, facing Khalil Mack will do that uh, to you, and also the struggles they've had on defense with everyone calling for uh, Mike Smith, their defensive coordinator. It's an interesting time in the 
bye comes up at a convenient time for Tampa Bay. Elsewhere in the NFL, Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll this morning reacted to Earl Thomas flipping off the Seahawks sideline after breaking his leg yesterday against the Cardinals. Carroll told KIRO Radio, quote, Give him a little slack. This is a very, very difficult moment that most people would never understand. Unquote. Finally, in the NHL, in Wednesday's Discover Card key matchup, the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals opened the season at home against the Boston Bruins at 7.30 Eastern. Speaking of matchups, become yes. a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Saturday night, Isaac, yes. I went to an NHL preseason game in Kelowna, Canada. Really? Yes, it was awesome. And there's, it was like one of those deals where a small arena, I don't know, it felt like yeah. six, 7,000 people. What province is Kelowna in? Uh, British Columbia. Okay. So the the Canuck were at home against uh, the, it's now the Arizona Coyotes, right? It's no longer Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah, uh, Coyotes won 3 nothing, uh, 3 3 nothing, 3 nothing, whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it was great. I mean, it was really, really interesting. Uh, fascinating to watch because there was, because it was not in an NHL arena, there wasn't a lot of the theatrics. It was just... You could just hockey, like you hear him skate, you hear him talk. You, there wasn't a lot of hits against the boards. It was it was kind of kind of fast. Well, what were you doing in that area? Was it the at the Kelowna Memorial Arena or another facility? It was at Kelowna. Yeah, Kelowna. I don't know if it's not Kelowna. It's called uh, some bank. It's named after some bank. Um, I had some, we had some friends. We did like a kind of couple occasion, I guess, coupleation, couple vacation sort of deal. Our uh, we have friends who they both turned forty this year. And we did a little wine tasting. We did a night where you we re, we rode on one of those. It's like a bike that, I like ten couples can ride, and you ride around from, from uh, it was actually before the the hockey where you ride from beer garden to beer garden to beer garden. Yeah, it was a good time. We had to, we just hung out, had a good time. Great play, uh, British Columbia. I would encourage people are super friendly. The dollar do, does go a little bit further, um, especially further than it used to. Canadian dollar not terribly strong. And this time of year was just absolutely gorgeous until yesterday when it started raining. Anyway, thanks, Isaac. Six touchdowns, no interceptions in a single game. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? I'll tell you next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Greg Cosell from NFL Films. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Is golf really this good, or is it a product of, hey, you give any good quarterback time and give him good wide receivers and good route concepts, and he's going to throw that ball around? Well, what you just said, particularly the last part about the route concepts, that's not as easy. It seems easy, but Sean McVay may be as good as there is in the league in designing route concepts uh, and combinations in which the primary read is going to be available. And Goff is, at his core, a rhythm player. He's a very natural thrower. He's a rhythm player. Now, this year he's become a little more off schedule, which is good. He's showing the ability to make some of those plays, but it's a really good mix of coach and quarterback, the design of that offense is really, really good. If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people pay for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Daytime! 
This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Bar up to $40,000. Pay off your high interest debt or credit cards. Lending Club. Go to LendingClub.com slash playbook today. Check your rate in minutes. That's LendingClub.com slash playbook. All loans made by WebBank member FDIC. Equal housing lender Isaac Lowenkron. What is the game? Okay, Doug, what do we got today? Big deal, little deal, no deal. Starting in the Windy City, where on Sunday it was a rousing success for Bears QB Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky takes, shovels, Gabriel running right, blocked from Robinson. He's in for the touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Three yards, Gabriel. 34-3 Bears. It's a blowout in Chicago. Jeff Joniak, the call on WBBM. Trubisky, six touchdown, no interception performance yesterday. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Uh, I, I think it's a big deal. I do, do I think that Mitch Trubisky is, like, I was just thinking about this. Um, Drew Brees, off to an amazing start, correct? All right. yep. tonight, tonight we're going to see uh, a second-year quarterback, first-year starter for the Kansas City Chiefs off to an incredible start, right? Yeah. Um, who else? Jared Goff off to an unbelievable. Like, you start going around, you're like, man, off to an unbelievable. Wait, what do these guys all have in common? They play quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> I, I just don't be fooled by how these numbers are getting inflated because you can't touch them and you can't really touch their wide receivers, you know? And – and and look, offensive players are good, but so I do I think it's a big deal, yes, but I do not think it stands up with, you know, it's like an all time great performance. The Buccaneers defense is not good. The Bears defense put them in a great situation. He plays for a tremendous play caller in Matt Nagy. And oh yeah, by the way, the league is basically mandated that it's going to be an offensive league. It's much more watchable that way. And you had a tweet yesterday that was really well-received to that effect with what they were able to do in acquiring Khalil Mack. Remember, they also have uh, Danny Trevathan, Akeem Hicks, and Roquan Smith, their draft pick out of Georgia. So they should be really good on defense to complement him for years to come. On to the AFC East, where the Jets losing to Jacksonville yesterday. So Sam Darnold and the Jets now 0-3 since their Week 1 victory. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? I think it's no deal. No one had high expectations of the Jets. He's not surrounded by great talent. It is they're they've they're they're positioning themselves like the Bears for next year. Not like what the Bears are doing this year, that's what the Jets want to be doing next year. Ninety million dollars in cap room. They want to get some studs to put around him. They don't have a good offensive line. They're gonna to have to rebuild it. I think it's a no deal. In the Earl Thomas game, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Josh Rosen threw for under 200 yards in the first start of his career in their loss to the Seahawks. Rosen's performance, is it a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Uh, I think it's a big deal. I, th- I thought, look, Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen, I thought, was the most ready to play of the college quarterbacks. The issues with Josh Rosen are some are personality, uh, some are durability, and some is whether or not he wants to, he'll be a football player after he gets hit and hit hard with, you know, the fact that he, people don't think he loves football to the extent that other guys love football. But no one's ever said he can't play. Josh Rosen can absolutely play, but it is a big deal to play that well. 
In yesterday's loss to the Cowboys, Lions receiver Golden Tate, while scoring a touchdown, high-stepped the final 15 yards to the end zone, held the ball out behind him before slowing down and walking the final step across the goal line backwards. Matt Patricia, the bearded guy, had a little talking to him afterwards, and Tate said, I got to fix it. At the end of the day, I'm having fun, but I got to put the team first because if I fumble that ball and it goes out the back of the end zone or something happens and the ball goes out of bounds and we don't score, then I feel like a expletive. Matt Patricia wanting Golden Tate to stop celebrating, for goodness sakes, before he enters the end zone. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? Um, I think it's a little deal. I actually didn't mind the celebration, but it's one of those, like, at what point is enough enough? And you didn't win the football game. Like it was too early. If it's the game ceiling touchdown, you're up two touchdowns and that one ices it. But early on in a football game, it feels a bit much. And it's like one of those Patricia is almost obligated to do so. I like Golden Tate. He's like the one, they have two really good playmakers, a wide receiver for the, for the Lions. Finally, Packers putting up 423 yards of offense, 298 in the air in their 22-0 shutout of the Bills yesterday. However, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers not satisfied, saying, quote, we were terrible on offense. I don't think it made a difference for the offense. 423 yards looks pretty good in comparison to some of the games we put forward the first three weeks, but it should have been about 45 points and 600 yards. Aaron Rodgers thinking the Packers offense was terrible. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? No deal. Uh, Aaron Rodgers holds himself and holds his offense to a higher standard. He knew he was playing against a bad football team, and sometimes you play you play down to level of competition. All right, we've done it again. We've gone way too far with something, and it's time to remember what's most important in sports. We become so anti-one thing, we lose complete sight of the bigger picture. We'll take it to Indy next in the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the epicenter of the NFL, the NBA. Hell, Major League Baseball's got game 163. About to get underway at Chavez Ravine. Man, picturesque Dodger Stadium hosting 163. Between the Rockies in on October first against the Doyers, Woo. couldn't be any better. Plus, we got uh, Monday Night Football: Chiefs Broncos AFC West tilt in the Mile High City. We'll see if the Broncos in their third home game of this early season, young season, can hand the Chiefs their first loss of the season. We have a a, a metric ton to get to. Metric ton to get to. But before we do so, before we talk about the substance of the Raiders' first win, the Chargers have another kicking problem? Another kicking problem? Wow. Um, Ridiculous numbers being put up by quarterbacks who none of us believe are elite-level quarterbacks. What does that tell us about quarterbacking in 2018? A lot to get to. LeBron makes his debut in Laker blue and gold. So much, so much stuff to get to. But we, we, we get to a point to which we despise something so much, we lose complete sight of the bigger picture. And that is what happened in Indianapolis yesterday. I, I'm guessing you've seen the play. It's possible, possible you are watching the, the game in its entirety. Possible, not likely, possible. 
And so maybe you had an opinion at the time. And look, all opinions are valid. I've seen many former NFL players, some former NFL personnel people, and of course fans all saying it was the right call. Frank Reich, in his first season with the the Colts, made a huge decision. It was overtime. Overtime. And um, there were, what, 24 seconds to go in the game? Roughly 28 seconds to go, I believe, at the uh, 24, excuse me, 24 seconds to go. Fourth and four, Indy at their own 43-yard line. Now, a couple factors to consider here. First, Indianapolis at the time was one and two. We've seen other teams tie in the National Football League. Now, they didn't tie because they played for the tie. They tied because their kickers suck. Very important to point this out. There's this... we. I don't like ties. I don't like ties. I don't like, can't believe that Pittsburgh and Cleveland tied. They played in bad weather and one team missed a kick. Another one had a kick blocked. Their kickers suck. Right. And then who was the other tie was what uh, the saints and Minnesota. Wasn't it? Was the Packers in Minnesota? Yeah. Packers in Minnesota also tied. And why did the Packers tie the Minnesota Vikings? Because the Vikings kicker sucked and the Packers kicker sucked. Nobody took a knee when time was running out. Nobody played for a tie. They lost because their kicker sucks. That's it. That's the only reason why. And so Frank Reich says, hey, I was in Philly last year. We went for it all the time. We're go to. We went for it on fourth down more than anybody in the NFL. We went for it. So here's Frank Reich on his decision to go for it. Fourth down, four yards to go, in his own territory. Twenty-four seconds to go against the division rival in the Houston Texans. We're not playing to tie. I mean, we're going for that 10 times out of 10. That's just the way it's got to roll. Yeah, I think that's who we're going to be as a team. You know, we're, we're going to be aggressive. That's what that's what we want in our players. That's a mindset that we have in our players. That's the only way to win in this league, I think. Um. Okay. It's the only way to win, but it brings up losing as an option. They were in a situation where they, I don't want to say could not lose, but it would be very, very hard for them to lose that game at home. 43 yards, 24 seconds to go. I think Houston had one timeout. And um, Indy could have punted the ball into Houston's end zone. And Houston would have had to go roughly 60 yards to get into field goal range. Instead, all they needed was one completion, and that was that. Here's Andrew Luck on going for it with fourth down. Again, we're not going to play for a tie, and I think everybody in that locker room freaking likes that, you know, loves that. I love that. Now, you, we've got to execute. I've got to play better. I've got to throw a better ball. I mean, we, we all know where we have to improve, uh, but that attitude, we can get behind that. Hey, listen, you were going for it. <laughs> 
Like this whole idea that like people play for ties. Nobody plays for a tie. Nobody. No one has played for a tie this year. Stop with the, we all hate tie. Nobody likes a tie, but would you rather lose the game? Because that's what the Colts are saying. Like we'd rather lose than tie. The Colts are now one and three. They would have been one, two and one. The Texans season was saved by this miraculously stupid decision to go for it on fourth down. And then you got, oh, that's a great go for it. We're all like, look, smartly kind of go for it. It wasn't like it was fourth and one in the Texans territory where, all right, look, you can, you know, it wasn't fourth and inches, it's fourth and four now in your own territory. Playing in a dome where weather's not a factor, kickers are going to make a 40-yard field goal about 95% of the time in the National Football League. So in, we've lost some, because I hate ties. I can't believe there's ties in the NFL. Got to get rid of ties in the NFL. You know what? Let's go lose a game. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's the bravado. I don't play for ties. I play for L's. What? Huh? Excuse me? They weren't in their own territory. Houston's season is mostly over if they tie. Instead, they're like Lazarus. They got another life. Like the Undertaker. They've they've risen from the dead. But we do this all the time. We do this in politics. This is basically what politics has become. You know, I would, half of you don't like the president of the United States. So when he does something good or something good happens from government, you're like, I hate that guy. Like, okay, that's fine. You cannot like that guy, but there are policies that have been enacted and the economy is in fact on fire. Who takes credit for it? Who cares? Your 401k better. Okay. You know, then in two years, you vote your conscience, you want them out, you get them out. There are people that hate the other side. I hate, I hate the other side. This is, I mean, like, look, this is what happened in the state of Kentucky, right? Everybody hated Obamacare, but they voted for universal health care to remain. It's the same thing because their system was really, really good. It helped people. I don't like ties. Nobody likes ties. It's kind of dumb, right? But. It was, is the alternative what they do in college football where after the second overtime you have to go for two? <laughs> what? But college overtime makes no, anybody who says like, oh, it's awesome. It's don't never never exchange awesome, okay, for smart or or giving you the 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 true outcome of who's the better team. College football, the overtime is remarkably stupid. A field is a hundred yards long, but in college overtime only, it's the only time in football that we're going to play a 25-yard field. And then you get past double overtime, you got to go for two. Essentially, let me equate this to basketball. That would be if we decided basketball games, once you get to overtime, let's only play half court. Then once you get to double past double overtime, you can only shoot threes. If I suggested that in the NBA or in college basketball, would, would anyone say that's a good idea? No, which is why college, you're like college football, like, oh, it's so exciting. It might be exciting, but it's not football. Football is played on 100 by 50 field, not 25 by 50, and you have to go for two. 
I don't like ties. But in this particular case, and you're the Indianapolis Colts, fourth and four, you get stopped, you punt the ball, and you live to play another day. And so to all of you people who are defending Frank Reich, I want to hear from you on week 17 when the Colts miss the playoffs by a game or by a half game and the Texans make the playoffs by a half game or a game. Because you gave away, you put losing into the equation. And I understand that risk reward, we want to go for it. But you have to, in, in football, you have to be both. You have to be tough. And that's what Frank Wright is saying. Frank Wright is going like, look, we got to be tough. We got to have a winner's mentality. I got it. But you also have to be smart. Be- because you can take that, well, coach, you know, listen, I know I'm Andrew Luck. I know I shouldn't throw into triple coverage, but I thought I could, and we could have gotten a touchdown. You can also get an interception. You got to be smart. You know, this is this is Jimmy Garoppolo running down the sidelines last week for the San Francisco 49ers. The smart thing to do is step out of bounds. The tough football thing. What we want in San Francisco, we want a culture of toughness. Right, if our quarterback can run over some dudes and get a couple extra yards, what can our running backs and wide receivers do? The problem with that is you plant wrong, you tear your crew, your season's essentially over. And the highest paid quarterback at the time when he signed a year is signed in the NFL. The highest paid player. Now like the third highest paid player in the league is out for the season. I understand that there are risks and rewards, but there are smart risks, calculated risks. This is no different in basketball than what we call a good shot or a bad shot. It doesn't mean you can't make a bad shot. It just means the percentage of time in which a contested three will go in off the backboard from straight away is pretty minute. I don't like ties. No one likes ties. But I thought we hated losing, didn't we? And apparently Frank Reich has forgotten how much you hate losing and how important that game is. Going for it is fine. Going for it is fine. Right? But one, stop with the whole guys are playing for ties in the NFL. No one's playing for ties. Those teams missed makeable field goals and cut their kickers shortly afterwards because their kickers blew kicks as the the buzzer expired. And time, score, possession, and opponent matters. And I know that he can get away with it because it's his first year, right? If it's year four and it's a contract year, and you have a uh, uh, you have better talent around Andrew Luck, you probably can't get away with it. Whereas now you're like, ah, we weren't going to the playoffs anyway. But but you likely dramatically change the outcome of this entire season for both teams because you made a dumb decision going forward in your that's cool in Madden. In Madden, I would go for it ten times in ten. But this ain't Madden. Let me quickly give you get you to. Um, Get you an update because we have a final score in baseball. What? Why? Because we got a final score. Isaac, 
All right, then I'll give it to you. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers have gone into Chicago and beaten the Chicago Cubs, which I believe means tomorrow there's another game at Wrigley, right? Is tomorrow there's another game at Wrigley, or is it Wednesday there's a game at Wrigley? The wild card game will be played at Wrigley Field, where they will play the loser of the Cubs, excuse me, a loser of the Dodgers and the Rockies, which is set to get underway at Chavez Ravine. Is that correct? Do I have do I have the breakdown correct? Okay, Isaac Lowenkron agrees. So the Cubs win 95 games but can't win game 163. Their award is a one-game playoffs, one-game playoff to get in the real playoffs. They get the play-in game. And they will play the loser of this afternoon's Dodgers-Rockies game at home. And the Brewers will begin their series at home, I believe, against the winner, I don't know, of the wild card. It's all very confusing to me. Very. And the wild card game, by the way, for the American League is on Wednesday at uh, Yankee Stadium. Are the Bears really the best team in the NFC North? I'm going to ask their running back, Tariq Cohen. You seen this dude? He's got, he's got jets underneath his shoes. He joins us upcoming next on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I got to it seems like every team has some guy that has that is pronouncedly faster than everybody else on the football field. Have you noticed that? Right? Like we'll watch Tyreek Hill tonight. Uh, Jakeen Grant for the Miami Dolphins is like that. You watch the Bears play, and some guys that just have just jump off the screen speed. You're like, oh my God, he's faster than everybody. That's when I see Tariq Cohen play, that's what I think. I think Either everybody else is running in slow motion or he's really, really fast. Tariq Cohen joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Is there a text chain with all of you guys that have ridiculous, like, sprinter speed around the league where you guys all try and kind of one-up each other on running away from everybody else in the league? <laughs> Not really a text chain, but, uh, yeah, we do, uh, you know, speak to one another. I talked to Tariq Hill before, and, uh, you know, I just respect this game, and I try to one-up him also. Okay, so uh, going into going into yesterday, look the the Buccaneers defense is not seen as one of the top five defense in the league, but I I, I got to think whatever the game plan was, you guys executed about as well as possible. Give me your thoughts heading into the game against Tampa, two and one on the season. What were your thoughts on what you were going to see from the Bucks defensively? Uh, our thoughts were, uh, you know, we want to be three and one first of all, and. Uh, we're going to try to pass the ball because we know they were beat up uh, in the secondary, so we're going to try to take advantage of that. Matt Nagy's come in, and everyone is blown away by his play calling. When was the first time you saw some of his stuff, and you're like, ooh, ooh, that'll work? Uh, it's really just, you know, watching the, the film of the Kansas City Chiefs offense last year and just seeing how many people, you know, were able to work out in their offense and, uh, you know, to be great players. And I feel like, you know, if everybody takes their role seriously, then uh, you know we have a game like we had uh, last week, every week. Did he specifically tell you, watch everything Tyreek Hill does, that's what we're going to do for you? 
Uh, no, he says that about uh, all the you know receiving backs in the league. And uh, Tyreek Hill was mainly a receiver, so he wants me to watch like Alvin Kamara, uh, Jared McKinnon, and uh, Deion Lewis. Tariq Cohen joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, last year for Mitch was not a great year, but he seems to have, you know, after the second half of the Green Bay game, he seems to have recovered with his confidence. What's he like to be around? What's he like to work with on a daily basis? Uh, he's just a great guy. You know, he's very confident. And uh, just the way he, uh, you know, he doesn't mess it up on the same thing twice. Uh, that's what I like about him the most. You know, the fact that he's a leader. Uh, you know, as a second-year guy, you know, to be a leader is very hard to do. Uh, you know, you got to lead guys who've been in the league for five, six years. So for him to be doing that, I just look up to him to have, uh, for having that mentality. Tariq Cohen joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. How often do people ask if you're Jewish? All the time. <laughs> I loved your response. No, but I love no, but I love Hebrews. <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Do you always come up with the same response, or you try and find something else to make people laugh? I try to find different ones. You know, I can't let one get too old. Tariq Cohen joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Chicago is. We just watched the Cubs lose at home, but it's very much at Bears Town. Um, when you when you traded, where were you when, when you find out you guys traded for Khalil Mack? Uh, I'm not sure where I was. I remember watching it though. And so, so what 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 was your immediate reaction? Uh, I finally I get to see you know a player that was top five in the league. I want to see how he went. Uh, you know, outside of the public eye, you know what you see on just Sunday. Uh, I want to see you know his work ethic and uh, just how much dedicated he is. And and what's it like? Uh, he's just a great player, uh, fun to be around in the locker room. You know, he always works hard. You know, he's never going to skip a rep, never going to take a play off. And, uh, you know, that's just the type of guy we need to see, uh, just to see how he benefits from it. And uh, just, it's contagious, so I'm glad to have his play around. How much has that defense changed your guys' offense? Uh, you know, it makes us competitive. You know, we can't just ride the defensive backs all, uh, all throughout the season. So, you know, we have to step up and ball out just like they're doing. So, you know. We put that on our show list to do that, and I think we did that as week. Tariq Cohen joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Now, I'm actually I'm going to do sideline for your game a week from Sunday. It's Bears taking on Dolphins. Um, you're not old enough to you're not old enough to remember the '85 Bears, right? Like you weren't even alive during '85 Bears. But that's like the most famous Monday Night Football game in my lifetime. Bears only lost one game in '85. It was to the Dolphins. Oh, I didn't even know that. That was definitely not. I didn't even thought of then. Okay, so uh, we started by talking about all you speed guys. Uh, take, take, put yourself in it. Give me the top, the top five fastest guys in the NFL. Your own list. I was at Tyreek Hill, uh, Jakeem Grant, um, Deshaun Jackson. D Jax is still D Jax is still got. He's like senior circuit for speed guys, but he still yeah. he still got that extra, extra gear that other guys don't have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then I round the list out with me. I right, was that five. I think that was five. We'll, we'll give we'll give it to you on five. All right. So week off. Do you watch ball? I know you guys have to have five consecutive days off. What are you gonna do with your time? I'm gonna just relax. You know, play the game a little bit. Relax physically, but mentally I'm gonna still be uh, tuned in. You know, I'll probably get a jump on the film, and then uh, you know, watch the current the, the games that's still going on. No one has ever thrown, I think, eight touchdown passes. Were you guys Were you guys telling? Nagy, hey, let's go for the record. Was anybody talking about the possibility of going for the record yesterday? Oh, no, we wasn't even thinking about the record. We just, you know, thinking about finishing because we had, uh, we've been in the game when we've been up before. 
and then we let the team sneak back in. So we just you know, safely don't finish the game. Well, Tyreek, listen, it's been incredible to watch you guys so far. Enjoy that week off. You have earned it. I'll see you down in Miami, uh, and uh, look forward to catching up in person. Thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Tyreek Cohen joining us. North Carolina a and I mean, jump off the screen speed. And a lot like you're going to see tonight with uh, with Tyreek Hill. They use him in you know creative fashion, and those guys have so much speed. That you watch defenses, they like all start pointing like, who's got him? I don't want him. You got <laughs> Tyreek Hill or, or Terry Cohen comes, they come down, they come into motion, and you'll see guys switch off, and all of a sudden the entire defense is paying attention to him. And you almost feel like, well, if we don't pay attention to him, he's going to be wide open. And if we do pay attention to him, they're going to use him as a decoy. Let's get to Isaac Lohenkron. Uh, real quick, Isaac, online car shopping can be confusing not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next vehicle. So visit True Car, you'll enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, what do you got, Isaac? Doug, on playoff Monday in Major League Baseball, one down, one to go. Hater ready again. Here it is. Swinging fly ball in the right center. The irrepressible Bob Euchre, the call on WTMJ as the Milwaukee Brewers win the National League Central with a 3-1 victory over the Cubs. So the Brewers advance to the National League Division Series. The Cubs will host the loser of the Dodgers-Rockies game tomorrow. And going on right now in that contest to decide the National League West, the Dodgers and Rockies are scoreless after one and a half innings. But the early story, Doug, the crowd, or lack thereof, at Dodger Stadium, a late arriving crowd at best. In fact, looking at the upper deck down the left field line and the right field line, entire sections down the line in the upper deck hardly have any fans in them. In the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Dirk Cutter announced that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for the Bucks next game in Week 6 at Atlanta after their bye. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll this morning reacted to Earl Thomas flipping off the Seahawks sideline after breaking his leg yesterday against the Cardinals. Carroll told KIRO Radio today, quote, Give him a little slack. This is a very, very difficult moment that most people would never understand. Unquote. Doug, that's all yours. Wait, so because there's there's no people at because people have jobs in LA that like we're holding it against them at the Dodgers team. They just found out there was a game yesterday, right? They're like, game today. Uh is tickets full price? Like I have no idea what what's the cost of tickets. Does anybody know? Ramos, do you have any idea? I saw some stuff for lower below average prices, so I'm sure there's ways to get in if you have a chance right after the, you're done with work, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the cost lowering as we speak, looking at the uh, crowd. <laughs> the editing goes on. Well, I, I I just I wonder also traffic is it going to fill up? It's only one I'm like one o'clock game and it's a beautiful day in L.A. It kind of seems like a great but and on a Monday like do you have to go into work on a Monday? The Dodgers provided like uh, on social media like written excuse notes for their fans from work. I guess that didn't work out. That I doesn't know, really work. I know Wrigley Field is smaller, but Wrigley Field would be sold out no matter what the circumstances. And if Wrigley Field held fifty six thousand, I think it would be it would have been filled today even on short notice. Well, it doesn't hold fifty six thousand, so it's important to note. They also haven't been. Have they been in the playoffs the last six consecutive? This is the seventh consecutive, sixth consecutive year they won that will win the division. Yeah, true that, true that. I mean, I don't know. They drew 4 million people this year, right? Yeah, they don't have LeBron and the Rams either out there, I suppose. 
I mean, they're, they're the Bears, uh, but you know the Bulls. You know, I don't. know. We just got stuff to do. Like I would, I would. I, I thought about going today. Then I was like, oh, I thought it was gonna be a four o'clock start. When I saw one o'clock, I was like, oh. So somehow I did the math reverse in my head. I was like, oh, four o'clock East Coast time. Or at four o'clock East Coast time because I saw no, I saw it as four o'clock. I was like, oh, four o'clock starts. Like no, that's East Coast. I was like, ah, I would have totally gone after work, but one o'clock, middle of the day, yeah, it's just another thing to do. I don't know. Of course, everybody's going to claim to be a Dodger fan as soon as they, if they get back to the World Series, right? Pop out those new brand new Dodger hats, which they do in Chicago. Yes, Ramos. Well, maybe you should have gone because according to Bob Euchre, the Brewers have won the championship. They won the whole thing. We don't even need to keep playing anymore. He didn't even say the championship of the National League Central. He just said, we won the championship. And it just stopped. Yeah, but Euchre has, once he had Mr. Was it Mr. Belvedere? Was that, yes, was it? Mr. Belvedere. Once he was, on Mr. Bel- he was on Mr. Belvedere and he had Major League as well. He kind of like crossed over and then people just like, ah, whatever, it's Euchre. <laughs> he might be, he's now old and he might be a little bit drunk. And so it doesn't really matter, right? Like Harry Carey was beloved and at one time was very good and then he was awful awful but yes he did say we they won the championship the championship of what they didn't even win the pennant they just won the division they won the right to possibly lose in the very next round (laughs) we made the playoffs officially like, I don't even think the team that loses and then plays in the wild card, I don't think they're in the playoffs. I don't consider that's not play, that's play in, not playoffs. Am I crazy? I love watching the Bears. I got, I got, I mean, how good was the play, how good has the play calling been there? You know, it's, it's interesting in watching last year, Mitch Trubisky. And in watching him this year, how good the play calling is now. Last year, he was a rookie quarterback. Look, you have to take a couple things into effect. You have to remember, first thing you've got to remember is that all of these quarterbacks are putting up crazy numbers. All of them seem to be putting up, especially ones playing for offensive coaches, because the rules are dictating as such. The rules are telling you, throw the ball more, play faster. That's what the NBA wants. That's what Major League Baseball wants. That's sure as hell what the NFL wants. Offense, offense, offense. And the perfect example is we think of Mitch Trubisky and how well he's playing because he had six touchdown passes. Mitch Trubisky, do you know where he ranks right now in yards, in total yards? Take a wild guess, Ramos, on 20th. Uh, You're pretty close, 17th. Yes. Good guess, Ramos. Pretty good. 2-0. Pretty good. All right. Who has thrown from the most yards in the NFL so far this year? Drew Brees? No, Brees is seventh. Ooh, wow. Seventh. He has eight touchdowns, no interceptions. But who's thrown for the most yards? You want to take a shot at this, uh, Ryan Music? Thanks, John. Got to turn that on there. Yeah. Mahomes? Well, Mahomes has not played a fourth game. Ooh, that's true. He does play tonight. Uh, but Mahomes would have to throw for over 500 yards really? in order yeah. to be number one. Man. Is it still Fitzpatrick then? No. no. No idea. Big Ben. Wow. Big Ben. Now, Jared Goff has completed 72% of his passes. 
and thrown for uh, 1,406 yards, as opposed to Big Ben, who's thrown for 14-14, eight touchdowns, five interceptions. His quarterback rating isn't as high as Jared Goff's. It's 127.3. Here's what you have to... The reason I didn't believe Lance Armstrong, okay, was because either Lance Armstrong is the greatest athlete in a sport where everybody else cheats, or he's just the best cheater of the cheaters. That was my thought. And so I'm I'm with you if you if you want to tell me that Mitch Mitch Trubisky or um. Heck, pick a quarterback here. I mean, Baker Mayfield, they're amazing quarterbacks because of the numbers and the touchdowns. Like, okay. But through four games, through four games, 10 quarterbacks have a rating of 100 or higher. 10. 24 quarterbacks have a quarterback rating of 90 or higher. 24. What's happening in the NFL is a lot like what's happened at some of these prestigious schools, like at Yale, right? If you go back 30 years ago at Yale, only 20% of the student body had an A average in their GPA. Now, 80% have it. You know why? Because Yale doesn't want people, doesn't want their graduates be like, oh, he graduated with a C average. Right? Everyone's a Yale guy with a 4.0. It looks better on the resume. Statistically, if you went historically, either we have 24 amazing quarterbacks or every rule is set up for the quarterbacks to look amazing, which you think it is. So that's not to take away from Pat Mahomes. He has performed the best of any of these quarterbacks. But, but stop me if you're getting in love with, with Baker, who had four turnovers yesterday, or any of these young, other young quarterbacks. You're in an era where it's increasingly likely for you to succeed statistically better than any previous era. And so you have to change what your thought process is on what's a good game, what's a great game, what's a poor game. Because statistically, 10 quarterbacks have 100 QBR or better, meaning they're elite. And they're just not. Tannehill's not. Cousins is not. Alex Smith is not. Trubisky is not. But the stats are telling you because the way in which the league is being officiated and being played. Is America's team back on track? We discuss next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. Jason Lockhamfora joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. The Patriots, no one wants to call them dead. Can it be fixed? I still think so because... Ultimately, I think if, if there's one thing that's defined their dynasty, it's that sometimes it's better to be smart than to be good. And Belichick hasn't gotten any dumber, and McDaniels hasn't gotten any dumber, and Brady hasn't gotten any dumber. 
And I think that they're all they're shapeshifters, and they're not stuck in their ways, and they're always willing to reinvent themselves. And I think this is the, the biggest challenge they've faced yet. But I can remember a few years back when Gronk went down early in the year, and they were like one and three or having a slow start, and Brady didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. You know, and then they end up just throwing like 50 passes to running backs every week. Like, it, it, it's not easy, and your margins are slim. And you know what, though? Look at their last two Super Bowl rosters. It wasn't exactly murderers row if you missed anything from the doug gottlieb show you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com now once again here's doug gottlieb online shopping can be confusing well not anymore with true price from true car now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car so visit true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience Every day this time of the Doug Gottlieb Show, we like to play for you a portion of a show you may have seen earlier on Fox Sports 1 or heard earlier on Fox Sports Radio. We call it... And now... <laughs> what does the Fox say? What does the Fox say? Brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd like... We treat you like you'd treat you. Is America's team back on track? Here's Chris Carter and Nick Wright on First Things First. Any offensive coach is trying to get the ball in his best player's hands as much as possible. When you are challenged as far as wide receivers, tight ends, explosive players, what else would you do? I don't, I don't, I don't know why it took them four weeks to get to this. This is the way they should play. Zeke was outstanding, and if you're Dallas, you do have to have a little regret because you didn't give Zeke a chance to be this outstanding through three weeks. I also wonder why it took so long. Yeah, living and dying through one guy and focusing on one guy is a really, really dangerous dangerous way to learn. They were great with with Zeke, and Dak ends up leading them to a victory 26-24. But let's be honest, they're 2-2. Two and two. Their two wins were over the Giants, who have one win, and over the Lions, who have one win. They got the Texans now on the road, and the Texans, we just told you, have new life because the Colts gave them the victory. Gave it to them by going forward on fourth and four in their own territory in overtime with 24 seconds to go. Gave it to them. But this is this is the opportunity to creep up, back above 500. Then they got the Jags. That'll be a really hard game at home. And they go to the Skins, Titans at home, and then it gets really hard. At Eagles, at Falcons, Saints at home, Eagles, at the Colts, Buccaneers. It's not a crazy schedule, but if you simply beat the bad teams... You can be about 500, and that's what the Cowboys feel like. They feel like they're somewhere seven and nine to nine and seven, depending upon a made field goal here, uh, a, a lucky win there, or a bad loss, or a bad field goal, or a bad play. I just the the gamble they took on getting rid of Des Bryant and losing Jason Witten; those are fine. They just didn't replace him with good enough players. I don't believe you can play through one guy and win an entire season. At some point, he's going to break down. Or somebody's going to be able to take him away. All right, what's their situation here at Chavez Ravine? The Colorado Rockies in the top of the third inning have two runners aboard against Walker Bueller, two outs. So the Rockies' first chance to put some runs on the board. And the Milwaukee Brewers went into Chicago and got a win. So that means the Cubs are going to host the loser of this game in the National League wildcard game. Our friends of the TV side are really, really, really hoping the Dodgers do not lose this game. 
Right? You don't want Dodgers and Cubs and only one team gets to the playoffs, right? Additionally, uh, Wednesday you have the A's and the Yankees. Zero people in the t- in television land or radio land are actually rooting for the A's. Steven Piscotty, is, it's, a, it's a great story. Great story. Mom's sick. Cardinals did right by him. Traded him back home. A's in the playoffs. Great story. But in the when I say no one cares, I don't mean no one cares. I mean most everybody with a television set doesn't actually care. So baseball is in this, you know, the, I, I believe they created the extra wild card game with two markets, two markets in mind. New York and Boston. They legitimately care. And by the way, the Dodgers get out of the inning. So bottom of third and no blood at Dodger Stadium. It's my belief they created in with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Hey, we got to get the Yankees and the Red Sox in the playoffs every year. And now you have the Yankees and the Red Sox in the playoffs, but you also have the Cubs and the Dodgers. You don't want the Cubs and the Dodgers to face off in the wild card. You need the Dodgers to win this game and then to take down, because, I mean, think about it. What if you, if you have only the Cubs and, say, the Brewers and the Cubs, or then the Cubs lose in the second round, you get, like, Brewers-Braves or Brewers-Rockies? Uh, Ooh, that could be bad. Or Cleveland-Oakland? Oh. Still so very much a regionally dependent. Uh, Ramos, did you win your, your game this weekend? Uh, boys won, girls lost. Okay. Music, we went to wine tasting this weekend. I was thinking of you very much because you like wine. You know more about wine. I learned a lot about wine, but it's a lot of information thrown at me that I don't really know. <laughs> and I tasted a bunch of stuff. And once you get to where you sip, a, you know, you sip like three or four glasses, it all t- it tastes like wine. It does taste different from each other, but tastes like tastes like wine. So you enjoyed yourself? I did. I did. I've become, I'm a big fan of British Columbia um, and non-British Columbia, you know, either way. <laughs> either one. I did not know what a Commonwealth was. And one of my buddies started explaining to me like, no, it's a Commonwealth. It is a sovereign nation, but it's also a Commonwealth. So they're kind of part of the club, but they have their own, you know, they don't have to, they didn't have to fight the Revolutionary War. They had the French Canadian War, right? We celebrate weird things in our country. Like we're celebrating Earl Thomas giving his boss the finger. The the Legion of Boom officially died last night. But I I'll try and explain why I don't get behind Earl Thomas's one finger salute. Next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. What a sports weekend, man. What an incredible sports weekend. Two ties and two divisions in Major League Baseball. Remarkably good college football. I mean, how good was Ohio State, Penn State? What an incredible atmosphere that was in Happy Valley. Oh, just an incredible game. And then you had all the NFL games. Mitch Trubisky setting the world on fire. That's after Thursday Night Football, which, by the way, I haven't been with you. Thursday Night Football was great. 
What a great football game. Great football game where the Vikings had a chance to come back and tie that game late. Jared Goff and the Rams looked phenomenal. Marcus Peters, of course, I didn't think he'd play. He ends up playing a big part of that victory. Uh, What a great sports weekend. But we celebrate weird things in our country. We do. Because it's all about being against the man. Right? Got to be against the man. Man. Like we have this, we have this man. I, I love like hippies or so. They don't care. They don't need money. They don't need stuff. Like, you know, listen, I, I, and I'm, I'm not a sellout to corporate culture in any way. I understand the way things were. You go back 50 years ago, we've evolved in most ways for the better. We're more thoughtful. Our commentary is more thought provoking. I think having sensitivities to other people's needs, desires, and sometimes their uh, their own insecurities, I think these things are important with how we talk to each other, treat one another. But this idea of like, hey man, hippies got it all figured out. They don't need or want for anything. You know what though? I do. <laughs> but we make these crazy arguments. Like, oh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is now pickup. He what he believes he's doing is honorable. Let everybody hate me because what I'm doing is the right thing. Earl Thomas gets Earl Thomas gets injured yesterday. And I saw tweets from colleagues, Rich Eisen. See, no one, no one, I believe he wrote, can question why Earl Thomas held out. Well, I can't. I guess I'm no one. One of the things that's lost in this whole discussion, Earl Thomas and Le'Veon Bell, let's just start with Le'Veon Bell. The Pittsburgh Steelers would like to have him. And they'd like to pay him for a prorated edition of $14.5 million this season. Right? Like, that's a lot. $14.5 million. But Le'Veon Bell won't show up at work. Earl Thomas won a new deal or wanted to be dealt. And the Seahawks are like, look, we'll pay you $10 million to show up and play. They're still going to pay him $10 million, even though he didn't show up for training camp or for practices. But somehow we've gotten on this Earl Thomas is sticking it to the man trade. See, what what we've done is we've, we've got, we've got it's a moving target. There's changing narratives. It used to be that fans were convinced that NFL players, the second they got to the last year of their deal, and this still happens to some of those guys, they got to the last year of their deal, they'd be cut or their salaries would be reduced. And so the 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 money at the end of the deal was kind of worthless. That's what he used to say. Now we have this, hey, NFL players don't have guaranteed contracts. Guess what? Earl Thomas's contract's guaranteed. So too is Le'Veon Bell's for this year. What they don't have is long-term, super long-term guaranteed contracts, which let's be honest with the bane of the existence of many NBA teams and some, and some major league baseball teams. And the NFL through their collective bargaining and through the fact that guys are in fact replaceable and there's 53 of them have created a salary cap 
and a way of concocting how the salary cap is actually figured out. That outside of quarterbacks, we don't want to pay guys beyond three years. Why would we? It's one thing for fans to say, hey, you make a lot. We, we do rich shaming, right? Billionaire owners, like, dude, the billionaire owners have nothing to do with it. Zero. First thing is, okay, the guy is a billionaire for running a business. <laughs> Whoever owns these teams, they made their money by smartly running a business where you have what's called a profit margin. You want to make money. You'll get fans and sometimes media people, media types like myself that'll say, hey, you make money on the value of the team. What's the big deal? For example, the um, the Dallas Cowboys were purchased for, I don't know, it was $175 million, something like that. And they're worth over $5 billion right now. There's a couple parts to that. Yes, they're worth that. But the Cowboys are still having to pay off the stadium that reportedly cost over a billion dollars to build. Secondly, in order to recoup that $5 billion for and change in profit, you realize they have to sell the team and they can no longer be the owners of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, think about this discussion we have about NFL players contract in any other business, any other business. It doesn't make any sense. You own a business. Listen, you need to play your employees so much money. You don't make money on your own side. Like, no, Oh no, no. But you make money on your business when you sell it. What if I don't want to make, what if I want to make money on the actual business? I'll sell it when I want to sell it. If somebody gives me a ridiculous offer, but otherwise I built this business from scratch. I want to keep building the business. And then I want my kids to take over the business. I like running this business. I don't want to be a serial entrepreneur, especially when you own one of something. There's only 31 others. But we have such disdain for the man. And this is, we have this in school, right? If a teacher calls home about a kid and says the kid was misbehaving in class, when it was me or you, there used to be hell to pay. My dad never asked questions. He didn't ask if the teacher was fair, if the teacher was right, if the teacher was mean. Right? I got the, you got to fix this. What I said in class, if it was out of line, it was out of line, period. Nowadays, many parents, not all, but many parents, if a teacher calls home, they call the principal. Something wrong with the teacher. No, there's something wrong with the kid because of how you raise them or because they're just being kids. They need to be disciplined. We hate Congress. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle is in charge of Congress. Generally, our perception of Congress is like something along the lines of like 20% favorable. We like congressmen, only the ones we elected. Everybody else apparently elected dopes, right? That's what we think. We don't like the NCAA because they're in charge of college athletes. We don't like teachers or principals. We don't like Congress or the president. We don't like people that run companies. We don't like the man. So when Earl Thomas gets hurt and gives his sideline the finger, the same sideline that promoted him and helped him make more money than any safety in the National Football League. When he signed his deal, 40 years, $40 million, to which he's going to collect every penny. 
hey, here's something that no one has told you. Earl Thomas is paid like a top five safety, even though no longer a top five safety. And he's going to get every penny after getting hurt. And he's going to be a free agent. And if he's really any good at 30 years old and truly has a value, now he doesn't have to wait to see if he's traded to the Cowboys. Now if he can see if the Cowboys can sign him straight away. Or if his former defensive coordinator likes him in Atlanta, he can sign him. They could be a bidding war. He made $40 million over the last four years, and he'll make a bunch more next year. That's the way business works. But to give the finger? First of all, it's just dumb in business. There's one thing to burn bridges. It's another thing to completely blow them up like bridge over the river Kwai, right? I mean, ain't napalm, that sucker. On national TV, when you break your leg and teammates... Coaches, other team, they're kneeling. They're sending you your well wishes. And you have the chutzpah to go and... You guys know what chutzpah means? It means nerve, gall. To give the finger to your own sideline? What are you doing? You strike me as one of the dumber human beings on the face of the earth. The only person that was hurt... Yeah, Earl Thomas can't play football the rest of this year. And he's going to have to answer injury concerns for the remaining part of his career because it's the same leg that he's broken now twice in the last four years. And it was kind of an innocuous hit. It was kind of like a nondescript. He dove over a guy laying on the field who had just caught a touchdown pass, to which, by the way, he was out of position. But all that said, like, you held out of training camp, didn't show up. You didn't go to practice. And, oh, yeah, by the way, this is what happens. Anybody will tell you when you play in an effort to play and not get hurt, more times than not, you get hurt. That happened to Earl Thomas. And the only people that really got screwed over the thing are the Seahawks because they would have liked to trade you to get some value in return, and they don't, and they're still on the hook for your salary. And to, and the, the stupidity, frankly, of people in my position or people in even elevated positions on TV and radio – this is why guys hold out. The counter to that is this is why teams don't pay guys in their 30s. Because they get hurt more. They produce less. And they're a pain in the ass. That's Earl Thomas. And you can go through the, well, you know, the Raiders should have paid Khalil Mack. They couldn't. But it killed their books. He wasn't going to show up unless he got a new contract. So, they get two first-round picks for him. Le'Veon Bell isn't going to show up until week 10 unless he gets a new contract. And Steelers like, we don't want to give you a new contract. We gave you a contract. This one's worth $14.5 million for this year. And he doesn't want it. Somehow we've turned the team running a business operating under the provisions of the collective bargaining agreement into the bad guys. Sid. And while you may want to, we started by talking about the Rams, you may want to compare them to the Rams. You can't. The Rams have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and they have leveraged their future completely, giving Todd Gurley a deal a year before they had to, giving Aaron Donald huge money. They got all these, they got all these guys on one-year deals. Let's see how it works out. Brandon Cooks has been better than anybody thought. But, like, look, the Patriots didn't think Brandon Cooks stunk. He, they just didn't think that he was as valuable as his contract, as the contract he wanted. 
which is the same thing that the Saints thought. That's why he's on his third team in three years. No one's thinking that Brandon Cook stinks. No one thinks that Le'Veon Bell stinks. No one thinks that Earl Thomas stinks. No one thinks that Cleo Mack stinks. We're all aware they're very good at different stages of their careers. But there's a value there. The value there. You know, you walk into a house, and house hunting on the weekend, open house. The realtor comes up. What do you think? I think it's great. Do you want to buy it? No, why? I can't afford it. You know? Like, what do you mean you can't afford it? You make X. Yeah, well, I got two kids in private school. You know, I got, I got car payments. I'm putting away money in my 401k. Doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't mean I don't like the house. Just means I can't afford it. And then you get mad, at, and that's that's like or that's like getting mad at somebody's finances, or the opposite side. You're getting mad at the realtor for the listing price of the house. Like, look, the guy bought it for five hundred thousand dollars. You put a hundred into it. Housing goes up, you know, five seven percent a year. They want seven fifty for the house. So then they go, well, I don't want to pay seven fifty for the house. Like, okay, don't buy the house. You know, somebody else will, or they won't. Wait till it comes down. Like, this is how, like, we just, like, freak out. Like, oh, Earl Thomas is somehow a hero. Stick it to the man. Give him the finger. Like, he looks like an idiot to me. They gave him $40 million. They're paying him every penny that are on the contract, which is what NFL teams were accused of not doing for years. And the, the and to their detriment, the Seahawks are doing it. And they lost an asset to which they could have recouped something in return. Relief for his salary and draft picks. They get nothing. And they get scorned from people in the media. Forget fans. Fans don't matter. You guys get emotional. You know Earl Thomas was an awesome player. That was a great defense. We're all sad it broke up. But it broke up over greed. Guys wanting to get paid. Guys getting older. And guys not understanding their value and how the whole thing works. That's all. All right, coming up next, how does a head coach handle a situation like the Earl Thomas one or the Le'Veon Bell one? And have the Patriots figured it out? You'll find out next. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. He's a force multiplier. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Been a head coach twice over the National Football League. Longtime assistant. He's Eric Mangini. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You can see him on First Things First on Fox Sports 1 on the TV side. What did the Patriots figure out that allowed them to blow out the Dolphins yesterday? One of the things the Patriots do better than anybody is, is you always go into the season, Doug, and there's the team that you want to be. And then as, as the season unfolds, there's a team that you need to be. And, and New England's one of the best teams consistently who figures out, okay, what, what's our strength each year? And then once they get that figured out, then it starts to roll. I thought they did a good job of, of incorporating the wide receivers. You saw Philip Dorsett contribute in a more meaningful way. You saw Cordero Patterson contribute in a more meaningful way. You saw Josh Gordon start to get involved, and I think that'll improve as well. And then it becomes James White as a leading receiver. So they, they know that that's a strength. That's what they need to take advantage of. And plus they got some guys back on defense, and, and they were able to self-correct. It's, it's very easy to count them out, and I feel like every year around this time, 
we're, we're, we're singing sort of the, the sad song of the Patriots and every year they get it figured out and they move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Josh Gordon? I know he, I don't think he played 20 snaps. I think it was like 18 snaps. How'd he look? Well, he, he looks good enough to, to get on the field for 20 snaps, which is not an easy thing. Here, he transitioned from the team that gave him the best chance to be successful, who had the most patience with him, to an environment that isn't forgiving. And you need to, to, to be totally accountable, and you need to be precise and exact in, in terms of what you're doing to get on the field. So it's an accomplishment that he got on the field for 20 plays, and then he, he drew a penalty, he caught a couple balls. Ideally, that role gets carved out a little bit more each week, and it doesn't have to be an every-down player. If he can come in for certain packages, maybe it's in 22, their big personnel group, which is what they started the game in. Maybe it's you know one or two groups where he becomes a, a, a real threat and, and truly understands the offense in that package. All right, what about the, the Dolphins? Uh, there were a lot of doubters as they were 3-0, and very easily could have lost to the Raiders at home the week before. They didn't help quiet any of those doubters. How much concern should Adam Gase and the Dolphins have after getting beat 38-7? to And you got, you got to go to Cincinnati, then you get the Bears coming in the next two weeks. Well, well, there's a flip side to what we're talking about with New England. So New England deals really well with adversity, and, and they've obviously dealt very well with success over time. But success is, is, is something that you have to teach a team to deal with, too. And Miami hadn't been in that situation. They hadn't been in a place where they were undefeated going into New England and, and with so many expectations. And as a young head coach, and Adam still is a, a young head coach, and, and a team that's learning how to win and how to win consistently, you're going to go through some of this where you, you you deal with the other side of it. You deal with the positive side of it, but, but that's a lesson that, that has to be taught as well. Eric Mangini joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm kind of a buyer into the Bengals. I know losing Tyler Eifert again hurts them in the red zone. Uh, and and we've been taken down this road before where they came come up short in the playoffs. But, man, that defensive line, when healthy, is really good. They do have a, a tremendous amount, a diverse uh, amount of weaponry on the offensive side of the football. You see now the, the Bengals play f- uh, four games. They've won three except losing to the Panthers on the road. What's your opinion? Yeah, I, I, I'm buying, I'm buying some, some Bengals stock as, as well. And I do think the, the diversity of ways that they can hurt you offensively has improved. And it, it's one of those things where they benefit from no expectations. They benefit from being completely under the radar. Nobody talks about the Bengals. I mean, very rarely does anybody bring that up. And that's, that's a great position to be in early on. I'd much rather start the season like that. Because then you can you can go through it and, and everybody's focused on the task at hand. There's not a ton of distractions. Yeah, I, I've liked what I've seen from from the whole package. All three phases have, have done really good things, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, see how it goes here next week. All right, doesn't appear like they, the Pittsburgh's going to get Le'Veon Bell back anytime soon. How, how much how how much in danger are they? Pitts, Pittsburgh's a a tough one to figure out because. I'm a big believer in the Steelers, and I remember last year they lost to Chicago, and that was surprising early. Then they got blown up by Jacksonville, yep. and the sky was falling. Then they went on a winning streak. So they've got the potential to do that. The concern that, that I have is the is the defense. For a long time, 
they had one way that they played defense, and they did it really well, and they did that better than anybody else with the zone blitzing and, and primarily a cover three shell, and that's changed over time. And, and look, they have every right to, to change that, but now you watch yesterday and there's, there's big plays being given up and, and holes that, that typically aren't there, and they're not getting the pressure on the quarterback like they have uh, over time. So that, to me, is, is one of the biggest concerns. And then offensively, you know, you dig yourself a hole with you know, the, the initial big play and then the fumble that gets returned for a touchdown. They kind of grind back into it, and it, it just seems like they, they're, they're finding some ways to lose where historically they find ways to win. Okay, but now, oh, go ahead. That being said, I, it's hard for me to bet against the Steelers long-term with Big Ben, Antonio Brown, and just the, the things that, that we've seen that offense do over time. Even if they don't have Le'Veon Bell till Week 10? Well, look, John Connor did a lot of good things early on. They didn't run the ball very effectively yesterday. They didn't really commit to the run very much yesterday either. Would I rather have Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, but, but do I think John Connor can be effective? Yes, and I think they can be effective because the passing game is such an issue. You get a lot of two-deep shells. You get a lot of seven-man boxes. So that should open up things in the running game just because you're going to try to stop the pass first anyways when you play him. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Now, generally, I like the Belichick philosophy, and I think you have the same philosophy, which is, you know, like late in the game, if it's fourth and one, and you get that one yard, you win the game. Otherwise, you know, especially with all the rules now, you punt it, you leave yourself and prevent defense. You know, a lot of things can go wrong. Just win the damn game. But that wasn't the case with the Colts yesterday. They're fourth and four from their own 43, which means even if they get the first down, you're talking about 21-20 on the clock, and you have two timeouts, but you're not even in, you're not even in, uh, in the other team Texans territory yet, so it's not like you're going to win the game on one play. I felt like it was an unnecessary risk to go for it in overtime, and you open the door to losing a game where tying a game is not a bad thing as a, you know if, if losing's not really an option, really what probably wasn't much of an option, the percentage of chance. Um, risk versus reward, what was your reaction to what they decided to do in Indy? I, I was surprised, and I, and I heard the comments after the game that we weren't playing for a tie. My question is, would they have gone for it on 4th and 8th then? Would they have gone for it on 4th and 10, 4th and 14? At what point would they have decided upon? And you saw them come out with that initial formation, which I actually liked before the timeout because they had some options to rub people off in, in man-to-man coverage, and, and that's what they were going to see is man-to-man coverage. They take the timeout, they come out in a two-by-two two formation, and they run routes at the stick, so everybody runs up to the first down marker. And just and turned around, around. yeah. That, that, that's fine if your receiver is better than their defensive back. If you have a matchup that you think, okay, I'm going to get this guy isolated and my guy's going to win, but that, that didn't seem like the case, and it felt like it was more of a gut reaction than a, than a, a mindset going into that drive. And then my other question is, did you tell the offensive coordinator we're in four-down territory? Because that can affect that third-down play as well. So in, in, I heard what he was saying. I, I, I get what he's saying. But I don't know if that was truly thought out going into that drive. This is going to be our approach. And I don't know if that play was, was the, the got-to-have-it play that you'd want in a critical situation, knowing that if you don't get it, the odds of you losing the game have increased substantially. 
it just it it didn't seem uh, to make a lot of sense. Eric Mangini joining us. Kind of quickly here, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs take on the Denver Broncos. Harder to do what the what the Chiefs want to do on the road, but the weather's not bad, and I don't know if Denver can exploit their defensive weaknesses. But the big question is, I guess twofold. One, can Denver get to Pat Mahomes with their pass rush? More than anything, can they? Is the league going to figure out what Kansas City's doing? Well, let's look back to last year. Kansas City comes out smoking. They're five and zero, and I think they lost seven out of the next nine. So historically, they've they've started fast, and they started fast last year with Alex Smith. And what Patrick is doing is obviously impressive. But the league has a way of catching up with you, and then somebody's going to find that spot, that, that soft spot in Mahomes' game, and then it's whether or not he's going to have a second pitch once that is exposed. And the nice thing about watching division games is there's that much more familiarity. So typically that gets exposed within the division as opposed to when you're playing outside the division, there's less familiarity. So I'm curious to see how they attack Mahomes differently and then once once we see okay he, here's here's where it is how how well he's able to react to it and you see it you see it all the time where guys come out they light it up early you know Dak Prescott you know for example or um, I mean shoot there's any number of guys you know initially the league's trying to figure it out they figure it out and then what what pitch do they have next Yep yep totally I could not agree with you more. Eric Mangine, check him out on First Things First. We appreciate you joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thanks so much, E. All right, Doug. Talk to you soon. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're going to take you to Seattle, find out what's the local reaction to Earl Thomas's injury. Kind of a surprising 2-2 two and two start. And Earl Thomas giving the number one salute to the sideline as he was carted off yesterday. First, though, get to Isaac Lohenkron. We got uh, play-in to play-in playoff baseball taking place. That was a lot. And we got a launch at Dodger Stadium, Doug. Cody Bellinger moments ago, a 376-foot two-run home run to right field to give his Dodgers a 2-0 lead over the Colorado Rockies after four innings of the National League West playoff game. Earlier this afternoon at Wrigley in the National League Central playoff, the Brewers led the Cubs 3-1 with one on and two out in the bottom of the ninth inning. Hater ready again. Here it is. Swinging fly. Bob Euchre the call on WTMJ as the Brewers defeated the Cubs 3-1, so the Brewers advance to the division series. The Cubs will host the loser of the Dodgers-Rockies game in the National League wildcard contest. NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Dirk Cutter announced today that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for the Bucs next game in Week 6 at Atlanta after their bye. Bears veteran linebacker Sam Acho tore his pectoral muscle yesterday and is out for the season. Finally, Rams head coach Sean McVay told reporters this afternoon that injured kicker Greg Zerline might be able to return as early as this week. Greg the leg. That's right. Don't underestimate the power of him and Johnny Hecker. They're fantastic in special teams for the Rams. McVay also saying that outside linebacker Dominique Easley had surgery this morning and is likely headed to IR. Hey, Doug, tell Softy I said hello. He's an old friend. Uh, all right, let's let's welcome him. Softy Mahler joins us. He's uh, our guy in Seattle. 
Uh, Dave Softy Muller, host on 950 KJR in Seattle weekdays, 3 to 7. Follow him on Twitter at Softy KJR. <clears throat> Do you actually know Isaac Lohenkron, or is he giving you a shout-out, and you're like, yeah, hey, man. Is he a hey, man Who? guy? Yeah. Who? Yes. My wife, my, wife says, my wife says the same thing, Softy. No, I know Isaac. What's up, pal? How are you? Good, man. How are you? All right, good. That's not I'm great radio. Well. Let's move on here. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Earl Thomas gets hurt. Gives the finger to the sidelines. Yeah. I'll give you my reaction in a second, although I know you, you read Twitter. What's yours? Uh, about the finger? Or yeah. the entire situation in general? Uh, the finger I, I couldn't give a damn about, to be honest with you. I mean, this was his absolute worst nightmare uh, come true. Uh, it's the one thing he was afraid of, that he would get hurt and obviously ruin uh, any chance of getting a big-time free agent contract over the offseason. His emotions were running high. Uh, I think I think his uh, his worst nightmare probably included a cart ride uh, to the locker room, either at, at the clink or a visiting stadium. And the fact that that came true, I don't, I don't blame the guy for being ticked off. I think anybody who you know, criticizes Earl Thomas in, in that type of situation uh, doesn't understand uh, that, that the emotions were just absolutely running through his body at an all-time high. And his worst nightmare came true, so I'm not going to get on the guy too hard. It was a bro- it's a broken, all. it's a broken neg- leg, not a shredded knee. And I know he's broken that leg before. He's, I right. mean, if anything, Seattle's the one that got screwed in this thing because they can't trade him for anything now. Well, that was the that was the risk they took, and this is why I've been saying for this entire process, I thought it was ridiculous to keep him on the roster without a new contract. I mean, to me, it was either extension or trade him, and there was no middle ground whatsoever. And when the Seahawks decided to just run this thing out and let it run its course and, and have him sit in limbo. They obviously turned down some deals for him, including an offer from the Cowboys for a second-round draft pick. And the risk that they took is that Earl Thomas could come back and get hurt, and they could get nothing. And they did it for a football team that, frankly, I think at best is an 8-8, eight 9-7 and eight, nine and seven football team. If this was a championship contender, maybe I could see doing it, but not for this team. And you're right, everybody lost. Earl lost, the Seahawks lost, the fans lost. Everybody lost in this scenario. There's no winners here, Doug, at all. Softy Mahler joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show, uh, uh, afternoon radio host on KJR uh, 950 in Seattle. It is interesting, though, that while I agree with you, they're a very average football team at best. Here they are at 2-2, two and two, and they've only played one home game in division, right. which has really two two other crap teams, right? Like, all right, so they're going to lose to the Rams twice, chalk up two L's. Outside of that, it's not out of the question that they make a run at the playoffs. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's, that's great. I love the optimism, and anything can happen, but they've got Jared Goff twice. They've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got Phillip Rivers. They've got Matt Stafford in, what, five of the next six games they play, and they just got done watching Josh Rosen, Dak Prescott, uh, Case Keenum, and Mitch Trubisky, okay? So the, the quality of quarterback that they're about to see is about to get a lot tougher, and let's factor in the obvious point now. They don't have Earl Thomas. They just lost their best defender in Earl Thomas, and they lost their best tight end in Will Disley, who had a knee injury in the game on Sunday. So not only does it get harder from an opponent perspective, but you're going to have to do this without maybe one of your top three or four offensive players and certainly one of your top two defensive players. Is Pete back next year? Uh, I think he is. I think he is. Uh, if you would have asked me that a month ago, I would have said absolutely, and now I'm starting to maybe kind of teeter a little bit. I, I think he comes back because I think as long as Russell Wilson's here, Pete Carroll's going to think he has a chance to win, and look, they're going to turn over this entire roster again over the offseason. Uh, they got a bunch of money in free agency, really for just the, the second or third time in his career as the coach of the Hawks. 
they got about $75 million bucks to spend in free agency next year, Doug. So I think he's coming back, but if this thing just turns into a complete disaster uh, and they roll out a 4-12 and type year and it looks like maybe they're further away than they thought they were going into 2019, there's a chance he's not here, but I would say as of now, yes, he's coming back. And it feels like they really like Chris Carson. It feels like, you know, I mean, he was never healthy at Oklahoma State. He's, he wasn't yeah. healthy last year, but he does have – he does have starting running back caliber talent, which is hard yeah. to find, and he's not making starting running running back caliber money. But he's not healthy here yet. No. I mean, that's the problem. He's I never mean, healthy. Look, I, I like Chris Carson. Everybody here likes Chris Carson when he can play, but he had the leg injury a year ago. Now he had a hip problem that he couldn't play in the game yesterday, and that's another head-scratcher. They draft Rashad Penny in the first round, and on a day when Carson's not healthy, they don't even play the guy. They they go to Mike Davis. So I thought put up you know pretty good numbers in the game yesterday. But if Penny plays, I think he does everything Davis did yesterday and more. So look, they still haven't been able to figure out the running back problem since Marshawn Lynch left. Doug, that's been one of the big problems with this football team is that ever since Marshawn walked away, they have not been able to find a consistent answer. Chris Carson's good when he's healthy, but so far this is the second year in a row the guy's hurt. Dave Softy Mahler doesn't have a lot to talk about today, this afternoon in Seattle. We'll let you prep for your show. Thanks for joining us. All right. Tell Isaac I said what's up. See you guys. All right. Uh, listen, we can have you and Isaac. You guys don't have it. You're, you're friends. You clearly don't have each other's cell phone numbers. You're not that good a friend. You're acquaintances. A big-time NFL trade that almost happened but didn't. So we'll talk about it next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Previously on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Check this out. The voice of Jordan Palmer, quarterback guru. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Blake Bortles still kind of lacking that consistency, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's a team that the, the, the recipe is don't let other people score, run the ball, make some big plays in the passing game, and let Blake go ahead. And if it comes down close, let him figure it out in the end. When that's the recipe and you're not clicking in the air on offense, then you're going to have a game where you lose 9-6 or whatever. And so I, I think those are going to happen at, you know, every four, five, six, seven weeks. That, And if I'm right, then they're 13-3 and three and they're going to be potentially the number one or number two seed in the AFC. One thing I know about Blake Bortles is he doesn't care and he's totally fine with everybody ripping him and saying stuff about him. The guy could care less, which is why he's great, which is why he's made a lot of money which is why one of these years is going to win a Super Bowl. If you missed anything from the Doug Gottlieb Show, you can always podcast by going to foxsportsradio.com. Now, once again, here's Doug Gottlieb. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm. Thanks to Softy Mahler, Eric Mangini, Tariq Cohen from the Bears who joined us, and Chris Sims from Bleacher Report who joined us. Let's get to the press. The press. Isaac Lowenkron. What do you got, Isaac? Doug, it's turning into an annual event in the NFL, Week 5 being the week that everyone returns from their four-game suspensions ah, to start the season. And guess among, who's back, back, among, back, back, back again. again. Among those returning this week, Baltimore Ravens cornerback Jimmy Smith, yeah. Cowboys defensive tackle David Irving, yeah. Bengals linebacker Vontez Perfect, yep. Saints running back Mark Ingram, and ah. New England Patriots receiver Julian Edelman. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, I mean, like, look, 
Uh, Mark Ingram's big for for the Saints. Edelman is big for the Patriots. But what's maybe most interesting is how little people talk about steroid dudes, right? All these guys, well, you know, I wasn't really taking steroids. It was tainted supplement. No one told me what it was. We hear all these excuses, but no one actually beats the rap because they've all done it and gotten caught. Talk it up, man. Some rogue smoothie bar got me. Rogue smoothie bar. Protein shake. Speaking of the Patriots, Rob Gronkowski is considered day-to-day with an ankle injury. And remember, the Patriots have the Thursday night game coming up this week against the Colts. Mr. Happy Pants? It's already been addressed. I'm sure it is. Well, I mean, like, look, it does time out perfectly with Edelman's return. I'm gonna guess he's gonna play. They said I, I think he plays this week, and then he gets the extra time to rest to get right. This is a big game for the Patriots. They can get one back, get get back to 500. Now, I mean, get above 500, considering how their season started, and be healthy. That would be huge for the Pats. We'll um, see. I don't know. I, I thought. Uh, I thought they also like kind of understated with what they did yesterday was their use of Sonny Michelle. I liked him in college and I liked how they've begun to use him. You know, James White's more of a pass catcher. Sonny Michelle averaging four yards a carry, but seems to be a guy who they're going to build their running game around. And yesterday was his first breakout game, 112 yards on 24, 25 carries. That's huge for Tom Brady, something he doesn't consistently have. Anything else? I got plenty else, William S. We'll go to Michael Silver, an NFL.com columnist who's really plugged in very well with a lot of sources in the Bay Area. I can't wait to hear your reaction to this one, Doug. So according to Silver, yesterday, before the Raiders and Browns kicked off, John Gruden was in the coach's area of the Raiders' locker room and was scrolling through his phone and said, quote, damn, Khalil Mack had another strip sack? Are you dot, dot, dot kidding me? Unquote. No word yet if the dot, dot, dot was just a dramatic pause or some some form of profanity. Here's thinking it was the latter. Right. Khalil Mack's awesome. No one's ever disputed that. No, No one has actually ever disputed that Khalil Mack is awesome. Right. Zero people have disputed it. It's, was he $90 million guaranteed awesome? And to that... John Gruden's answer was, no, I'd rather have two first-round draft picks. Okay. Something else that I think would be getting a lot more attention if it wasn't for everything else going on right now in sports, in addition to Max Muncy just hitting a two-run home run for the Dodgers, they lead the Rockies 4 to nothing now, but Jimbo Fisher over the weekend angrily grabbing the face mask of his own player, Tyrell Dodson. Fisher said, quote, I was trying to get a young man's attention. That's all we were doing. I didn't grab it. I didn't jerk it. And to keep him from trying to make a, it was an emotional, football's an emotional game. He was caught up in the emotions of the game and was trying to get him shook up. He's a guy that's in my office once or twice a week as I discuss problems with our team, the way we're going to do things, unquote. Got no problem with it. Tyrell Dotson had no problem with it either, by the way. He said, I'm in. Coach Fisher's an amazing coach. Did the right thing. I let my emotions get the best of me at that certain moment. My teammates in the university need me. That's why he was so upset. I'll have his back no matter what. Like, look, things get crazy on the sideline. Dudes start shouting at each other, lose their mind. Do you generally want to keep your hands off your players? You do. But he did get his attention. Problem solved. I think we, we massively overreact to something we see on social media and not understand that this is... 
this is a much softer way of the way football has been coached by gigantic kids for years. Again, hey, get out there and press. That was the press. It, it honestly was a Twitter thing for about 24 hours, and Dotson put it to rest. I have zero issue with it. Zero. Lined him out. Who do you like tonight, uh, Ryan Music? Three and a half point favorites are the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I will take the favorites then. Give me the Chiefs. Ramos, who do you like? I like the Chiefs. Isaac Lohenkron, who do you like? Magic Mahomes continues. Uh, okay. For me, I like the Denver Broncos. They're better at home. They've had an extra day to prepare, and I think they win tonight straight up. I'll take the Broncos against the number. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show, back tomorrow on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a five hundred dollar matching bonus and a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 